Hey, Bar Ninja Nation. Welcome to the Bar Ninja Podcast, where we talk about everything from trials and tribulations from life behind the bar to tips and tricks to make you a better bartender and a better drinker. Join your host, Bill Thornton, Kayla Logue, and yours truly, Mike Garrison. Let's go have some fucking fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine guy. I was, like, guy. Wait, I was <laughs> like, got there. I was like, wait, will you send this to me? I was like, actually kind of like those pictures. I was like, whatever you're doing over there. Do you want to know why it is? Why? Because uh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of take so. a drink. <laughs> no, exactly what my mic doing. is not stable. <laughs> oh yeah, stable we're gonna now. blame that on the yeah. microphone. Whatever. Go. A lot of wind. I can't see everything that well. So when I take a picture on my phone, I can take it and take my contacts out to where I have better up-close vision, and I can zoom in and out of it. So ever since it got to the point where I have this incredible camera on my hip at all times, I take so much detail into that little frame. Like when I was taking your shot, all I'm thinking about is what's in the frame in the shot. That's why I'm... I'm a good photographer. He is a good photographer. I, don't, I mean, I understand the description there, but he definitely is good. And photographer. it could be blind luck, honestly. You know? Also, could be a, <laughs> There's real a lot thing. going on there. Could be a real thing. Um, but no, rolling into this uh, next episode here, you both talk about in your experience, maybe what you're seeing now, but also what you've dealt with in the past. What are some of the biggest challenges that you faced, but also what you might see nowadays that maybe some bartenders are also facing and how? How can we tie that in? I would say the biggest challenge I've had in the past is also what I'm seeing now, which would be a poorly designed bar where you oh, watch so true. bartenders struggle and have to take five steps to go get a bottle to make a drink. And it's just not, it doesn't flow. You and know, I, we used to say like the octopus, like we, we had everything in our speed well, highest volume liquors right down by the ice or all our glassware. We literally would just be able to reach around and, and everything was at our fingertips. Yeah, The taps are in the middle. Each well was set up individually. You did not have to take a step. At the bare minimum, you're taking one step to turn around to grab the back bottle on the back shelf, to snatch up the, the Belvedere or the Woodworth or whatever. It's now, I've watched it in the past couple of weeks. I'm watching bartenders take six steps just because they haven't organized their bar. And this isn't just your fruit caddy and your well, because everybody has a speed well, and it seems like a lot of people don't understand what it's there for. So you literally, if you're not organized properly, seconds save minutes. And, and it is a very common mistake nowadays and even in the old days. And you, yeah. you learn it. And that's why we were ringing tens of thousands of dollars with two people back in the day, because everything was so efficient. And that, mind you, was when a well drink was $3. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Top shelf was 5 7 and that's like a crazy good perspective is it's literally comes down to the efficiency of it. Yep. And then even on the consumer side now, like I'll go to a bar and I order a pretty normal like Grey Goose and soda. Go to the vodka side, no matter what it is. But regardless, you're sitting there and you're waiting for it for a second. Yep. And it, it and you're looking at the bar. It's really not that busy. I mean, I, trust me, I, I've been on the other side of it. I understand what that looks like. But there's certain times where I'm questioning. I'm like, this should not take this long. I mean, it, and it all comes down to what you're kind of saying. You have such an organized fashion, which is really cool perspective that I don't think a lot of people understand. Literally, we would kind of drafted out on paper and the ice in the middle. We had our mixers flanking the ice. We had our, our speed well 
two rows below the ice. Uh, we shared the beer cooler between two, and we shared the right. tap bottles line. in the and middle. Really, every bar should be like that. Oh yeah. And even if it's a dog leg, the draft should be towards a corner, and then you put your your wells on the sides. And every bartender behind a bar needs a well. Like I've seen it before, they put too many bartenders, and they you can't you, you kind of can't share a well. So if it's a three bartender setup, you really should have three wells. Even yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you can't. And I've seen a well. That point is that you know well, we're going to put four bartenders back here, and I'm like you're just slowing down everything. And then you've got I've seen a lot of owners that are uh, or people in management where they're like, well, we're not going to get you two bottles of Captain Morgan's. And then you've got you know one bartender having to walk to the other side of the bar to get the captain to pour it. You're going to make so much money by making sure your inventory is there and your bartenders have everything they need and you give the Ferraris the tires and to be the fastest car on the track. Especially now that the when we first started bartending, so you couldn't afford to have a register per bartender. You know, you were sharing. But I think now with Clover and all these different systems oh, yeah, and focus, completely. you should, every bartender behind the bar should have their own well and should have their own register. At the end of the day, making money is drinks going that way and money going this way. And anything that increases friction to that stop, is stopping the bar from making money. Yeah. Just create an equation for overcoming the challenge of a big problem. Yeah. What would be kind of another big, one of the biggest things you have to overcome behind the bar that might translate on the other side? Piggybacking off of that, when you do have those, your individual registers, point of sale systems for each person, nowadays, it's all inventory. You know, it is so, like, everything you're ringing in, you, every, each bartender has their station and has their ring so you know what's going in and out of it. So you're overcoming one of our biggest challenges. They're one of the biggest challenges for profit and loss is always inventory account and your pores and all of that stuff. And it's so easy to manage now with the technology and the systems because you can break it down from what was sold. The stuff I had in my restaurant counted everything for you. And it's a completely, it, it simplifies everything. And a lot of times owners and, and management aren't willing to invest the money up front that's going to make them thousands and thousands it's and thousands. nickels getting in the way of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the whole don't have the drawer broken down to quarters yeah. now. Like I see, hundred percent. See, I see so many inclusive I deal with tax these idiots all around. The time. Yeah, I'm like, there is no reason. Listen to me, universe. There is no. If your bartenders have pennies and nickels and dimes in their drawers, you are a failure as an owner and as a manager because you are wasting everyone's time. Break it down to the quarter. Break it down to the do- the dollar, and let your stallions run and roll. You yeah, know, you want to reduce all friction possible. Ergonomics yeah. of the setup, efficiency of motion, and then make it easy on them as far as like not having to count out change, you know, and round yeah. as much to the dollar as you can. If you can't to the dollar, round it to the quarter. Um, a lot of people have cards, so have a system that can run cards quickly and efficiently mm-hmm. um, that's not cumbersome because that friction is causing your bartender not to be able to wait on another person, especially if you're in a higher volume yeah. atmosphere and like in a tourist. And even low volume. I mean, it, it, one of my huge pet peeves is if your cash register, if your credit card tape is more than four inches <laughs> from your credit card machines you failed <laughs> like it should all be right there you just put it together obviously people go oh i gotta go change the paper and they walk a half a mile to the office and up by half a mile i mean 30 feet i'm like what are you doing that's anything behind the bar how many times should be like you see somebody run out of staples know, staples grapefruit juice something and all of a sudden they leave the bar and you're like oh man we're getting this and we will probably do an entire episode on barbacks because yeah. 
I, we've been there and we love them and they are the glue holding it together because that is the people that will be like, you know, like we're out of staples. Thank you so much for the staples, Brian. Like you're never out of pineapple. You're never out of anything. Um, I think anyway. any bar that has more than three bartenders operating can probably afford a bar back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really does keep things moving. Yeah. And the tip out alone. I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, we've I've had bartenders work for me that easily are going to walk with a thousand dollars over the weekend because I don't have to worry about anything. The yeah. only thing I got to worry about is doing my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I think I think that's like a good point with the barbacks too. I mean, that's like anything that you do, you know, on the bartending side, any, anything in life in general. You already ha- you always have that person that kind of like is that helpful person that no matter what, like you know, they're like your person, and you're going to pay them whatever you need because you realize how much of an assistance there. Yeah. Anybody that's in a position of I wouldn't say like I don't think power is a good word for this, but I mean at the same time, like when you're in an elevated position, you have somebody that's like giving you all the back end work to make you where you're at no matter where you're at that's oh, no matter what in barbacks or that like oh, for sure 100%. and like when I worked in the business too I remember the barbacks that I worked with and those dudes they hustle they're usually 20 oh my God. and you're and grooming they the, are, best yes, the best bartender ever oh, because no. they can't they actually were, serve they have they to pay attention to everything best in the freaking like the most in the attentive whole, person in the they restaurant. are and they they were so good and even like at that point like I was serving I wasn't even behind the bar but they would come up to me and be like hey can I help you with something and I was like dude no go go like, go do the your thing. You're good. Awesome. But they're 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 amazing because they already they had already handled their shit behind the bar and they're like, great. What looking, else can I do? Yeah. They're like looking for more. Shout so out. that's kind of cool. But I mean, that's that even goes back to what you were saying about the volume of the amount reducing friction. And, yes, and, reducing and friction. Two, the bar, two really strong bartenders in barback can do better than three okay bartenders. Yeah, can make you more money than three okay. And the like fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollar days at a certain place. Brian Dawson. Shout out Dawson. Called him Marine, like Marine, but Marine, because he was 19 and 20 as a bar back. And then he went on to become one of the best bartenders around. He went into Roanoke. I would be slammed to be like, pineapple's a little low in the, you know, the pour, so I need to tell Brian, and the pineapple's full. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, and he, I never saw him, blind joke. <laughs> and I never saw him. It was, he was so, and there are many of them out there. We've all seen him. And it is just, it's such a pleasure because you don't have to worry about anything at all. It, right. it really is. <laughs> so are there any other big things that you could think of One to kind of like wrap, it, wrap it together. Wrap, yeah, so the other, the two big ones are like the bar being designed poorly. And it doesn't have right. to be the physical structure of the bar being designed poorly. It could be the way that they... The like, efficiency. You can, it comes yeah, back to you the can efficiency, have a bad, right? Like, layout, and you can ergonomically make it as good as you possibly can. That's one it's thing. efficiency. And the, yep. and the second thing would be, if I get a gin and tonic, because we all know from the last episode I'm a gin guy. <laughs> if I get a gin and tonic, there's three things in that. There is gin. There is tonic, which would be nice if it's not flat. And there's a lime. Like, don't get nice me a, if it's not flat. <laughs> but don't no. give me a brown lime. You can see that yeah. that lime was cut three days ago. I'm like overcutting fruit. You see a lot of people trying to be efficient. And they're over prepping. Like I am a you're huge fan of prepping. Volume. You're dealing with the volume, and that's fine. A high volume bar, but like in a lower volume kind of spot, you do ex- you expect like fr- I mean, you really expect fresh fruit anywhere. And so that and that's a that's a hard line because you don't want to run out of it, but you need it fresh. I mean, I get it, but kind of managing that. And then having a well-stocked bar like we were talking about. We're going to oh, yeah. run it outside. Everything like deep, said, everything ready to roll. If it's not four inches away. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you telling have, you, you have failed. failed. <laughs> <laughs> Efficiency, making sure your volume's up to check. And is there anything else that you guys could like 
wrap it out. Like maybe even for you personally, maybe it's not overall, but if there was like one time. What challenged us back in the day? Yeah, what was like a challenge that might be, that Cut, at least resonated with you? Cutting people off. Cutting yeah. people off is an, is an okay. art. That's an it, art. It really is. Yeah. And it's always lead with humor, lead with understanding. The whole, uh, if you want conflict, create it. It's never going to work to be like, you're done, you're stupid, get out of my bar. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can throw it to security if you want to, but, and a banana. (laughs) But one of the best cutoffs I've ever seen in my life, we had a bunch of Australians in. And I don't know if you've ever slung drinks for the Australian folks, and I'm not trying to talk about an entire continent, but they like to party, and they're having a good time. They're great people. And they'd been partying for, I don't know, 48 days straight or whatever it was. And they were getting a little loud at one of our bars, and a couple of the guys were just loud. They were loud, and they'd had enough. And we, and we knew it, and, uh, you know, she's kind of new behind the woods, so I'm like, you want me to handle it? She's like, oh, no, no, no. No, no, I got it. Goes over, and, hey, how's everybody doing? Who doesn't need any more drinks? And the two guys that didn't need any more drinks kind of look around at everybody and go, us! <laughs> and everybody just starts applauding and laughing and they cut themselves off because she was just being comical about it and being like, come on, you guys, you already know where you're at. And they, you know, paid their tab and hung out for another hour with the rest of them and drank their water and enjoyed it. You always want to never make someone feel bad because they're having a good time. We've all been there and, and there are many, many times when you have to cut off someone that is getting to the belligerent stage, which you should not allow. But in this world, people take something in the bathroom and they turn into a different person or they show up to your bar looking one way and all of a sudden they've instantly changed into somebody else. But you have to do it with tact and respect and and do it in a very understanding caring, respectful manner. And it, and it's, it's, it's a fine science. It really is. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I think even from this, I think that was a really good point in terms of also like cutting people off, but that also translates really well into what we can kind of transpire into the next episode of um, some of the best conversations you've had behind the bar and well, what we that go for a minute. on. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. But like what, what maybe that looks like, you know, on more of the behind the wood side for you and like what you're doing. But then also kind of translate mirror what that looks like on the in front of the wood side, too. So I think yeah. that's something we could like really yeah. cover and dive into a little bit Solid more. Segue. Solid yeah. segue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next episode, let's do it. Y'all be good. Bone and Joe. See you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bar Ninja Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player and join the Bar Ninja Nation that has over 7,000 bartenders in it by going to www.barninja.com and you can enter your email. Until next time, see you there.